Hey friends, welcome back to the Grunge Magic Podcast. I'm Panda Bennett of Arcane Panda, and I'm joined with Whiskey Stevens and Carrie Blake. And today we're meeting with Heather Green of Llewellyn to talk all things occult publishing. Thanks for joining us. That's great. Thank you. Um, so one of the first questions that we had was, did you always know that you wanted to work with books in some way? Um, absolutely not. Um, I... I have done a lot of different things and all surrounding um, media and um, I didn't even know I wanted to be a writer. It was just kind of something I fell into. You sort of, sometimes it takes a long time to figure out what you're meant to do. And um, I kind of danced around it working in advertising, in film production, um, PR and a lot of different media and um, was writing all that time. So it sort of evolved slowly, sort of in the way, um, like we evolve spiritually, sort of the things just start to come together over time. And then eventually it sort of came into editing and writing and, and just evolved. And, and um, here I am working in the publishing industry now. So it's been a very natural and organic path so to speak. <laughs> what was your first project for Llewellyn? The first book, which was a fantastic book to work on for my first book, was called Fierce Woman. And I wish I could hold up a copy for you, but my mother borrowed it and still has it. <laughs> borrowed. Um, yes, exactly. And that was a book um, that is sort of uh, embodies about being a strong woman, um, not specifically a witchcraft book, but very much uh, in that spirit, you know, um, embracing your goddess, embracing your body, facing yourself, being the true woman you are, all of that wonderful stuff. So that was my first book, which was so perfect for a first book for me. And um, it's, I don't know how many books I have now. I have probably about looking at my calendar, probably have at least 40 or 50 on the calendar right now. And we just, you know, and that's what we all do. We just have books. We're just, you know, working through these projects with wonderful authors. Um, so it's been three, a little over three years now. Have you always been interested in the, like, occult or in have a spiritual path? Or did that kind of, which one came first? Like your interest in spirituality or... Like publishing? I know it's a weird question, but I wanted to ask. <laughs> no, no, it's not. There's no such thing as weird questions. Um, occult, definitely. Um, you know, like many people's stories, you find, start to get interested in witchcraft and um, astrology and tarot and crystals and all that kind of good stuff, you know, when you're in high school and college. So that was no different for me. I grew up in a secular household for the most part. I say I grew up Jewish. And, um, and sort of with all of that, I, you know, I grew up in outside outskirts of New York City. And so I spent a lot of time in the village. I spent a lot of time walking around um, Manhattan and just got really interested in the cult that way. And, and, and aptly, my, my very first real dive into it was a Llewellyn book, um, Big Blue. Um, and so, uh, like Benny's, many people's first books and um, started, you know, that's, that was around the craft, you know, the time of the craft. I date myself there. And um, during the <laughs> 90s and, you know, started practicing as a, as a solitary in my dorm in college. <laughs> Self-initiated in college in a dorm. <laughs> I think that's how a lot of people um, get into it now. It's very solitary, very, very personal. And I think even if you are in, um, you know, a coven or a group, 
our paths are still really personal to us. Uh, so that's so wonderful because sometimes you meet people that are in a job, but they're not actually passionate about, you know, what they're actually doing. So it's really cool that you kind of had that before you got into the publishing industry. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, that's one of the reasons that I'm able to work um, for Llewellyn and, and a lot of the other stuff I've done in the pagan community because I've been active in the pagan community outside of Llewellyn too and so you have to have that background before you can actually you know before you can start doing PR which I did for for pagan organizations um, consulting and other things that I've done for the pit you have to have the background you have to have been in a certain magical circle or you have to have been working with herbs you have to have read some tarot you have to know what this stuff is and more than that you have to be open-minded to it and accepting to it you can't walk into a job that's a metaphysical store for example and i've never worked in one but you can't get a job at a metaphysical store if you're closed-minded to the stuff they're selling so there has to be some background it doesn't have to be 20 years it could be two years but it has to be some some background in it you know so it's sort of like i said it was a natural it was a natural path. So I'm just like, I'm so, so interested. But how has working in occult publishing, like, nourished or, like, helped your own spiritual path, I guess? Like, you have to meet so many amazing people and learn so much. Just be, I don't know, exposed to so much new information, I guess. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head by saying that. I think the way, the way it's nourished my own spiritual path is because every book I read is um is is a new take on on an old concept and that keeps it fresh mm -hmm. i don't know if that makes any sense and and yeah. you could have someone who's only been practicing for a year or two and they write this fantastic very personal spiritual book on what they're practicing and it could be fantastic and give you a whole new look on your own practice and even though you've been practicing for 30 years or 40 years or longer it could go, whoa, I didn't look at it that way. Because each each witch is an individual person. is Just like every person is an individual person. And so their take on it, their experience could give you, can spark something new, could reignite an interest you had, you know, forever ago, or can give you a new bent on something old and, and say, hey, wait a minute, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. So it's like being in, in college all the time you know i'm like oh i didn't know that or i didn't see it that way you know so that's how um and i love it being a gemini i love it <laughs> knowledge bring it bring it on <laughs> so yeah so that's one way and also i i get to sort of be in the spiritual world all the time and it's not always spiritual in 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 the most concrete sense i mean i'm not in a magical circle all the time but in a way i am because i'm constantly dealing with these topics and and surrounded by that kind of magic so so yeah it's very comfortable it's like a nest of spirituality almost all the time <laughs> it's like you kind of have a nest of sacred texts all around you really so that's really beautiful do you think i think in publishing specifically and then doing like a cult books I would be always like, oh my gosh, this new thing, like, and wanting to tell, is it hard to keep all that to yourself sometimes when you're really excited about all the new things coming out? Because I would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. Um, we don't have to be super secret um, because the author's out there talking about their things. So, mm -hmm. I mean, generally speaking, there's a few things we, we kind of keep 
a lid on until they're finalized, like titles and covers. I mean, you know, I see, sometimes I'll see a cover come out and I'll be like, oh, this is so exciting. But, you know, there's, and th those periods are very short though, because, mm -hmm. you know, the authors are as excited to share about this stuff as we are and even more so. So <laughs> there isn't really that much of a, um, uh, there isn't really that much of a time frame where we're having to keep things that secret. Um, I tend though uh, to, to not talk about the books that I'm working on until they're out because it's I feel like it's not my baby like I'm here just as a book midwife it's really the author's um it's the author's job to it's not the job it's the author's news to share not mm -hmm. mine mm -hmm. so I try to keep it very um low-key until I actually have the book in hand um and let let the author be in the spotlight because it is their baby in the end not mm -hmm. mine so, yeah, but I do get some and I'm like, oh, this is, this is fun. You know, I, I love watching the authors sharing their stuff more than anything. I'm like, oh, this is, that's so great. I'm so proud of my, 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 my authors. Yes. The more that I move through the spiritual community, the more that I realize that, like, I was really gypped in my small town community where they were like, when you grow up, you can be a nurse or a stay-at-home mom or you can be, you know what I mean? Like, I could have been a book midwife. Like, that's the most amazing <laughs> phrase I've ever heard. Like, there's all kinds of jobs that, like, I did not know about. The more I'm in the spiritual community, I just met someone the other day that was like, I said, do you have a title? Or, like, and he was like, yeah, I'm a spiritual anarchist. And I was like, oh. I want to be that. <laughs> I also want to be a book a book midwife too. <laughs> book midwife is not my official title. <laughs> I just use that phrase to uh, you know illustrate sort of what I do um, because that um, excuse me I'm that's too uh, loud. Um, so what I do is I'm an acquisitions editor. So I'm finding people to write the books and then I walk them through from from the time they come to me and say, this is my idea, um, this is what I want to do. And I go from that point all the way through to when the book actually arrives on the shelf. So I, I, I usher the author through the process. And there's a lot of people involved. A book is not a one-person deal. A book is a lot of people. There's artists, there's editors, there's multiple editors. There's a publisher, there's marketing and publicity. So there's a huge number of people. But I kind of, I hold the author's hand all the way from start to finish. And, um, and then again, if they decide to have another book baby too, after that, and, um, I'll go on with them to the next. So that's why I say it's a, a book midwife. That's not my official title, but I love the term too. <laughs> that's a really beautiful way to describe it though. I think that's really sweet. So it's because those are people's babies. Anytime you hear an author talk about their book, they're like, this is my new baby. Like they get really excited. So I think that's perfectly described and like what a nice, honorable, like exchange you get to kind of like the ferryman or anything else, you know, you get to take them through this and see everyone evolve through it. That's really cool. Absolutely. It is. It's very excited to see. It's, it's very exciting for me to see any artist, whether they're a writer or um, a painter or sculptor, whatever, to be able to facilitate that, you know, it's to be able to facilitate someone coming up with an idea out of their own spirit, their own mind, their heart, and then birthing it and helping them do that and standing back while they shine. That's just something I just, I enjoy that. And, and I've done it in other capacities too, but this is another variation of it. So um, it's very exciting when the author gets to show their book off and they're so excited. <laughs> yeah. And we have an in-house writer here. We have 
Whiskey, who is our writer between all of us. And so you can probably speak to it better than I can, but it's literally like they just give a piece of themselves, like when they create these things. So, I mean, it's it's definitely, yeah, their baby in a sense, because they're just, it comes from their experiences and their life force. And it's just really beautiful. I love that. I wanted to ask a few questions um, for anybody that was listening that is interested maybe in writing a book. Um, I wanted to ask, because you are acquisitions, when somebody sends a book in, uh, what do you look for in a book and what do you look for in an author? So every publishing company is going to be different. So I'm just speaking from my personal as not even official Llewellyn because I don't speak officially for Llewellyn. So there's a number of acquisitions editors at Llewellyn. Um, what I'm looking for is something fresh. So a new take on, like I said, a new take on an old idea. So, and, and to put you on the spot whiskey, um, one of the beautiful things about your um, upcoming book is that it is a beginner's book teaching you about witchcraft, but from a totally different perspective, it's fresh. So that's one thing. Um, sometimes we're just looking for something that maybe we haven't published on the subject in a while. And so it's like, well, we haven't published on, well, I say Tarot, of course we published on Tarot, but we, we haven't published on specific subject. Oh, here's somebody that's come along with something on it. That's another thing, you know, um, fresh takes, fresh, you know, subjects we haven't published, really strong writing. Like the writing is just, you know, really excellent. Um, new, uh, sometimes we get books on, or um, proposals, excuse me, on um, ideas that, or on paths that we don't have books on, or on, on different bents on paths, because every witch, witchcraft is not all the same. There's thousands of different ways people do this, um, from folk magic practices to Wicca to um, heathenry, etc. So sometimes we'll say, someone will come along, well, I'm going to do a book on this particular path, and we really don't have anything on that path. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, different, it's a lot of different things you're looking for. It's kind of like just a sense of... of um, you know, something we need, something that's different, new, fresh. And I, and I would say to anybody, if, if you've got an idea, submit it. What's the worst, what's the worst that's going to happen? Someone's going to say no. <laughs> and? And what? And what? what? <laughs> so there's other, there's other publishers. And that goes for either if you go somewhere else and then come to Loyal and come to me. Or other publishers. I mean, there's, there's just no reason not to put yourself out there. And the worst that's going to happen to you is someone's going to say no. You know, because you never know when we're going to need something or we you never know so yeah that's one thing that I, like i was interested in and um when i had the idea for the book that i submitted i actually was thinking about it for a while and i had written some of it in a journal and then i went to pull tarot cards and it was the weirdest thing because the cards that i have i went and looked well who published these cards and it was llewellyn and then from that, it kind of like spiraled from there. But um, my question would be, based off of like social media now, um, especially in TikTok, because I've been spending a lot more time on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just have been. So do you think that based off of that, it's so quick, like the trends on TikTok, even with witchcraft trends, are changing so quickly all the time? Do you think that um, it changes publishing in a way? Like it becomes faster or... Do you really not like you know worry about that too much? Um, mm. I don't. 
I don't worry about it too much because you can't keep up with it. Publishing is publishing, you know, it's still paper, it's still printers. It's, you know, I mean, it's a little faster than it was when they had to put the little things in the little parts and then run them. <laughs> so we're moving a little faster than that, but um, it still takes at least, well, let's see from the time you submit and get accepted and um, have a contract, it could take a year and a half to two years before the book is on the shelf. It just really depends. Sometimes longer. My own personal book took, I think that was from the time I decided and contracted um, to the time it was first published and it's getting republished, but from the time it was first published um, was three or four years. And that was my own research and writing. So it's a long process. And so you can't keep up with TikTok trends. You can't keep up with, you know, Twitter these things move too fast. And like you said, the trends go. So what What I think is more important than keeping up with the daily trends, the weekly trends, the monthly trends, is to sort of see an overarching where is where are all these trends sort of dancing around? Because there's always sort of mm -hmm. something. And, and, and while you have all these trends and I see them sort of like dancing around, the full scope of it is sort of moving in a di different direction. And I think it's important to always have fresh voices. And that's when you have younger writers coming on because they're going to bring the center point of those trends with them and they're going to bring, they might not um, have all those little things because they're moving and changing, but they'll have the center point of wherever witchcraft is moving. Um, and we'll get books on that to be able to hit on those. And so you can't, you can't really write books on every single little thing that's going on on TikTok and Twitter and wherever else Instagram, you can't do that, but you can see a trend. And I think, Digital witchcraft is one of those trends and in there somewhere is something fresh. And so I love pulling new, younger people in writing books, should be writing books too. It's a different voice than the people who have been around since the 60s. And I have authors that have been around since the 60s. And I have authors that are like whiskey who are more or who are younger and in a different generation and giving us that freshness. Um, the other problem, and I'll just say this, is if you put in a book something that's as trendy as something you might find on TikTok, the book risks not being sellable in a, a year or two. Mm -hmm. And you want your book to be on the shelf and become classic. So you got to kind of watch it. You got to be fresh. You got to be new. You got to be original. But you, if you if you ground yourself in 2021, by 2024, your book could be obsolete. And people will be like, well, I'm not reading this. This is from 20, this is from three years ago. So yeah. you got to be careful. So you got to cut. So what I tell my authors is when they're writing their books, make your book more timeless, take that stuff out and save the trend, super trendy stuff, whether it's the language you're using, you know, slang type fun stuff, or if it's references, save that for presentations, save that for blog posts and publicity material. You know, you can do to attract people to your book because that is changeable making mm -hmm. timeless yeah when i when i read things, like social media or um because i'm really big on like learning about different apps but if i pulled something up and it was it had only facebook it didn't have any of the newer apps i know it's too old for me to even read now <laughs> i didn't think about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah it goes very quick so you have to you have to know where to put that trendy stuff so that way you don't get you don't get your big stuff doesn't get lost in it, it doesn't get left behind Honestly, didn't realize um, how accessible publishing was and, and speaking to publishers and different things. So, all honestly, even um, looking into some of the things that you've pub 
some of the things that Llewellyn's published and everything like that has just been amazing because I do feel like it has sped up at least in a cult wise, like we have so many more options now. Uh, so that's been actually really, really nice. It's just, I'm like kind of blown away by this entire conversation myself. <laughs> yeah, well, we have, you know, I think the, the community has changed a lot, too. So there's a lot more going on and there's a lot more people who are buying the books. So in terms of speed, it's not so much I think that the, the book process goes faster, but it's just the number of books we can do because more people want them. And, I, you know, I don't, I haven't, I've only been working for Llewellyn for a short period of time, but, but when I was first starting, most of the books out there were very Wicca centric. Now you have all kinds of stuff. So it's really amazing what, what is available now. And I, I'm sure back in the, you know, sixties, there was almost nothing on the shelf, you know? Oh, yeah. So, um, and that's a matter of growth of the community more than more than speed at which the books are being published, you know, but the demand. <laughs> exactly. You know, economics right there. <laughs> the economics of witchcraft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On the side of like writing, just because I want to get a few questions in, and I think people that are going to listen to this might be people that obviously are interested in either writing a book or they're inter interested in like behind the scenes. And you, you wrote a book, right? So for writers that are looking into it again, um, what do you suggest for learning maybe how to write a little bit better? Like, did you ever take any classes or were you just like automatically good at it? Um. <laughs> That's a loaded question. I never <laughs> took any classes. I never took, well, I took a creative writing class when I was in sixth grade. My mom sent me to. Um, so that's the only writing class to my name. Um, and I don't know why she sent me to it because I was not interested in writing, but it was something she sent me to. Um, but, um, I, I think I learned, I think writing was just, it's one of my natural, um, abilities. Everybody has them. Um, I wasn't, I'd never counted myself a great writer. Um, but people just said, Hey, you're really good at that. And I just kept doing it. And I really got, I really took a lot of the notes in grad school and college to heart and, and, and figured out then, wait a minute, I really enjoy doing this actually. So I think it's, for me, it was just a natural thing that happened. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't, if you don't nat if you aren't a natural writer, it doesn't mean you can't learn. And that's like, I believe that with anything, if you're not a nat if you're not naturally inclined and pick it up immediately, by yourself, you can always learn. And, um, you know, so, and, and I always say that great books are, are not necessarily in the writing, they're in the editing. So if you have, if you're, if you're a good writer, solid writer, you can, and you have a really good editor and every person needs an editor. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you're a natural of a writer you are. You need a good, you need a good editor. The good book, the, you take an okay book to a, a great book in editing, not in writing. So, um, so if you write a sentence and you're not overly impressed with yourself, keep going. And the way to get better is to, is two things to get better at writing. You can take classes, certainly. You know that doesn't hurt. Write, keep writing, keep writing. Um, read, read everything you can. Read especially the kind of things you want to write. Okay. And copy, copy the style and try it out. That's another good th way to, way to learn and see if it works for you because some writers can write in one style and can't write in others. Some people are great fiction writers. They can't do nonfiction. You know, I can't do nonfiction. I am the worst at dialogue. 
I am terrible dialogue writer. Okay, so so what I would say is if you if you want to be an author, which is different than a journalist, there's different types of writing. You want to be an author. You have to decide whether a, a subject that you love so much that you want to live with constantly for a year. I was working with mine for three years. You have to want to live with this subject, okay? You want to really be passionate about the subject. You may not want to write on it every day, but you have to love the subject. That's number one. Number two is keep writing. Don't, if you have writer's block, keep writing. Sometimes your best writing comes when you don't want to write. If it's mm -hmm. flowing, sometimes the flow is like too fast and the writing is sloppy. But if you're struggling to get the words out, sometimes that writing is even better. So, um, so what I say is, like one guy said to me when I was working on the Wild Hunt, he said, "I have write, I have writer's block. What can I do to get over it?" I said, "Write." I said, "Counterintuitive. You you just write. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what you're writing. Just keep writing. Just get at that computer and sit there. Type out your ABCs if you have to. Write the states. You know, you know the states of our country. <laughs> Type out." Every person you know's name, whatever it is, just keep, keep, keep going, and eventually it'll, it'll flow. And um, so, so, um, so yeah. So blogging is another thing. Just write. If you want to be a better writer, keep writing and read, 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 read. Oof, that's good advice. <laughs> uh, that's honestly I because I, I think a lot of people struggle. Like I said, I'm really blown away because. Um, I used to do when I was younger, you know, poetry, just little things that you don't really think it's like, oh, whatever, I enjoyed it, but it's whatever. You just kind of put it in a box and don't think about it. And I know a lot of other people who come to writing that way and blogging, at least specifically, and writing their, their feelings out and everything, and then they share it with people and it helps, you know, but I don't think they realize how accessible it is as long as you continue through the nose, because you even said that earlier, somebody may not like it, but another person really will. So you just have to keep trying honestly and, and that's accessible trying is accessible to everybody you know so yeah writing is something that anybody can do it's 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 kind of like reading or or music even if you love it and it feeds your soul you don't need approval from anybody else you can have a journal you can have a blog if you have access to a computer um you can if you have access to a pen and paper you can write and you can sit there and you can be for yourself. And so it's very cathartic. It's very spiritual, right? You know, getting it out. And I'm not a journalist. I'm not a, um, I'm just going to say journalist. I am a journalist. I'm not a person who journals um, consistently. And I never was. That's not the type of thing. But every, but, but writing is very, there's a lot of different ways to write. And mm -hmm. no one way is wrong. And, and it's like, it's just, it's something you can do. It's like singing. I think of it mm -hmm. the same way. You can, you don't have to be good at it to do it. You can do it in your room. It could mean so much to you, and that's all that matters. And writing is the same way. Now, you take it to the next level, and you want to get published. There's no, like I said earlier, there's no reason why you shouldn't submit, whether you want to be an author of a book or a journalist at a newspaper or something else. You submit because, like, you know, you just said, Carrie, um, if one person may hate it, and other people may, may love it. And if you touch one heart, and you, you save one person with your writing, you've won. You've done your yes. job, you know? And so, so you know, I, I love having those fresh ways. I, I love encouraging people just to put themselves out there. It's scary, but, yeah. you know, 
Yeah, but, and like equal parts like inspired and intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> it is, and that's and that's you know that should fuel you. That should fuel you to go. Whoa, yeah. Wait a minute, I'm intimidated. That means this is going to be big. That means what I'm doing is big for me. Now let's get the, let's kick that obstacle out of the way and just do it. And I'm going to throw. I'm going to th- put myself out there. I'm going to hide under a table for a few hours, <laughs> and then see what happens. Yeah, it's like my um, my boyfriend's uh, father always says, "Nothing's gonna eat you." Yeah, nothing's gonna yeah. eat you. Do it. Why not? You know. So that's what that's what um, that's what I would encourage anybody listening who wants to, whether it's Llewellyn or Wiser or or any you know anything, whether they want to submit to a newspaper, um, an article, or an op-ed or something, just do it. Um, because you know nothing's gonna eat you i remember i want to say this because i think it's important for people listening too. like i wanted to be a writer um for a long time and i didn't know what kind of writer i wanted to be but i was submitting uh monthly and back then i can look back at journals that i had and my writing was not the best but i've seen how it has grown and in 2014 i got published in like a local newspaper um and that was the first time that I was like, oh my goodness, maybe, maybe I could do this. And now it's 2021, and it feels like something's happening. But it took me like six years, seven years of submitting. And I think throughout that time I got published in a few magazines and a few articles. But it's a, it, it takes some time sometimes, like, but don't give up. Like, <laughs> absolutely. I agree. I agree. You know, you can't pay your bills while you're trying, but um, there you can try in, in between. You know, there's no reason not to. And, um, you know, I, I continue to do that. I mean, it's, it's, I'm a freelance writer too. And so I continue to just put myself out there. And when I do, I do exactly um, the same thing. I throw it out there. I say, okay. And then I go hide under a desk and wait. It's, it, you never get over that. You know, this, this sense that you get comfortable you, when you're putting yourself out there and, and your, your work out there, it's always unnerving. It always is, but <laughs> you just learn to just take a deep breath and, and go with it. You know, that's the only way. Yeah, I think and honestly hanging on to those few people, like you said, the person who if you touch that one person, if somebody says one good thing about your writing, you know, I I will literally um, even with social media posts, like if it's something I was really worried about, I'll save some of the comments that really mean something to me to remember to keep going because then it's not always just my why it's, you know, somebody else that it's like, okay, this changed something or shifted something in them. So it's important that I keep doing whatever I'm doing. Mm hmm. Yeah, I I agree. You just it just whatever it takes to keep you to keep your spirit up, save them, you know, and and just throw away all the throw throw away the haters because they're gonna always be there. (laughs) (laughs) There's always gonna be someone complaining. (laughs) You had one um about misinformation, and maybe you could just share a little bit about people, maybe witches that are new coming in, um, and they're, I don't know, I think of TikTok, but there's been people sharing misinformation for, like, ages on YouTube, on everywhere. So, when it comes to books and research, do you have any suggestions on how do you tell if something is a quality book? How do you tell that you're getting good information? That's a great question. Um, first of all, um, 
look at the publisher and you're going to look at the publisher and then also investigate the author itself. Now, I know that w what we do at Llewellyn, uh, me and my coworkers, um, we were very we're very um, strict about reviewing these kind of things, you know, and we also have back count. We also go through um, the book itself, checking, checking all the notes, checking all the facts, checking all the citations. So we're doing that. Um, now I can only speak to our process and to, into my process. And I did the same with the wild hunt as well. I was very strict about making sure everybody who was writing for the wild hunt was actually practicing and, and the information was solid. But a, a, the average person doesn't know all of that. So what you have to do is when you pick up a witchcraft book, you know, you, you know, so there are some publishers you, we can rely on, you know, there's some publishers that, um, that are maybe indie publishers or something that, or we don't know too much, not indie publishers, but um, self-publishing that you mm -hmm. might be a little more questionable because there's no checks and balances there. So you check the publisher out um, and then check the author out and read them, look them up online, um, check them out on social media, so see who their friends are. Those are kind of ways to do it. Um, other things is when you're reading, if there's no citations, if there's no, if they're quoting people and they're not citing where it's from, you know, and that goes not just witchcraft. There should be anything. If someone's if there's someone saying someone said something and they don't offer you a citation, always in your back of your mind go, hey, well, where does this really come from? Um, are the historical facts, is there a bibliography that's telling you? And what who's in that bibliography? Are they citing random websites or are they citing historical texts? You know, I don't like to see, I mean, there's plenty of great websites out there, but in a book, I like to see some classic texts. I like to see some books being you know, if they're citing Wikipedia, eh, well, not so, not so great. So you kind of look at the citations, look at the bibliography, um, look at the author, see who they are, research them. Do they have a web page? Check out the web page. Um, do they do they connect with you? Are they are they someone that seems you just kind of use your instincts, your spidey sense, so to speak? Um, ask around too. You know, what's a good? What are some what are some good books on such and such topic? And, you know, and then also you might go to some of the more respected um, uh, publishers and look what they have on the topic, see who their authors are. So there's ways to do it. Um, but, you know, with witchcraft, it's such a subjective topic. So the key thing to getting good information is really just making sure the person is really practicing. I actually wanted to ask, is it any different um, publishing Oracle decks and tarot decks on what they come to you with specifically besides like a book. I know that they'd have to submit the book with Oracle decks and things like that. Cause it has art. Do they have to have all of that finished and ready and submitted beforehand as well? Mm -hmm. okay. Um, yeah, well, no, I actually don't acquire Oracle decks and, and tarot decks. So I'm going to kind of speak from what I know cause it's not my field, but, um, we get, uh, we get submissions that are, all of that yes yes and all um <laughs> they come to us as ideas um sometimes writers sometimes artists without writers and sometimes all um sometimes they come as partly done sometimes they say okay well i've got i've got this idea for it and here's kind of the art i want and here's kind of the writing i want etc you know so it comes in all kinds of forms and i know that they kind of to you have to have a sense of the 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 feel of it, but, you know. And I think 
if I remember correctly, um, the acquisitions editor at Llewellyn, who does do Tarot and Oracle decks, likes to have some kind of artistic samples, some kind of idea, even if it's not complete, even if sometimes she will match up the artist to the writer. But she, there, there has to be some kind of visual component to the proposal, um, in my estimation. Again, there might be exceptions to that, but it's not my area, so I'm not 100% sure. But again, if you have an idea for one and you aren't an artist, but you are really strong in, in tarot, you can submit that too. And, you know, someone will come back and say, hey, we need you to come to us with an artist. And and that might be the case. But um, I think I, yeah, I would say submit it. Like I said with everything, just submit it and see what happens. And they'll give us a sense back. So, you know, so I, I do believe it comes in different forms. So um, they come in in different forms. So, okay. Yeah. I was just interested because I know that, you know, with occult publishing, that's obviously a big thing. I know that comes through too. So people who are also like, oh, you know, I, I'm not an artist or this. So I really love that you answered that question that it's like, hey, here you go again, submit, you know, try, just get out there. Yeah, because you know what? There are so many people who are artists that are not writers and vice versa. So, um, you know, I, and like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure if, uh, if we had, um, the acquisitions editor for, for that area here, she could give you a better answer of what's, what's the best way to do it. But I would, I would say, you know, submit. <laughs> I think your answer was perfect though, because it does, it tells everybody it's again, it's telling everybody, Hey, if you want this, that means that you can already try for it. So I think perfect answer, honestly. I think that was so great. That was just so much yes. information and it was so inspiring. I think that that's going to be really good for anyone that's like so um, on the cusp of really wanting to dive in because there really are like a lot of great spiritual and occult people that have a lot of knowledge. That, so like hopefully this reaches the right people. That's really exciting. When I think of um, books and, and different things like that, it's intimidating like Panda said earlier and it's something that you think you have to have um, a very strict academic background to even try to pursue. And so this, I think, I hope it touches, new, uh, you know, fresh new witches hearts where they're like, Oh wait, I can't, I, I can, you know, put my two cents in here. Absolutely. And I encourage it and it has to happen because we can't have, we don't, we have an evolving culture and, and it evolves with, with new voices. And those new voices may be older people who haven't written or, or fresh new takes coming from younger, um, younger witches. And that's the hardest part with, with like you getting back to the idea of how do you know if it's good material when someone's never written and they're not really well known, how do you know that their material is good? And, and so that's what I, I, I think it's really important for younger, um, uh, authors, aspiring authors, to not self-publish, to actually get go to Llewellyn or Wiser or wherever and get public, get get a publisher because that gives you the that that first step of notoriety and you know that you get that the legitimacy. It gives you a legitimacy. That's the word I'm looking for um, to say, hey, you know, if these guys are backing me, this must be legit. You know, getting back to that conversation. Um, so I think it's really important and it's definitely possible, especially in a small world like the witchcraft world. We're such a small little world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there isn't that many of us, um, at least here in the U.S., there aren't that many of us and there aren't that many of us in the world. So it's a small community and to just have that step and to take that step and put yourself out there and, and get the legitimacy through a publisher helps the new author, the young um, which find that place and say, Hey, look, they accepted me, you know, that must, uh, this must be something. Um, 
so it, you know, and anything's possible. So I'm glad that this, I'm glad it, it inspired you guys. Yeah. Um, I think too, um, if you, if you wrote something and it is new, um, too, you have to believe in it though. You have to really believe in yourself. And especially if you're getting published, it's scary. You don't know if people are going to accept a new idea, but if you believe in it, I think sometimes that doesn't get talked about a lot either is people have to be a little courageous in order to maybe push something further or to bring something new to, to the community. Um, so having courage and doing that too is really important. Um, and there's things that involved in, in it like imposter syndrome, you know, <laughs> or being overly critical. I think anybody that's an artist or a creator is going to be the worst critic of their own work. So um, just having that, believe in yourself, have the courage, pitch it, um, see what happens. <laughs> and you know, go under to the table. <laughs> and hide under the table. And use your magic to get through it. Take To swallow that pill, to take, keep taking those, those clean, cleansing breaths, get your chakras aligned. Whatever it is you do, you know, while you're doing, you're believing. You've got to use the, dig into your witchcraft to do that. You know, we have that. Why not use it to get a book published, you know, or to get any art out there, you know, whatever career you want to get into. But um, there's one little story that's really inspiring that ties into all this. And it's a book that I, I that, ew, um, when is it going to be out? I believe it's going to be out this summer. I want to say July. And it's called How Witchcraft Saved My Life. And I want to talk about it because it plays into this. This, um, the author, um, Vinny, he was really down and out, okay? And I say that in the most legitimate terms, concrete terms. I mean, he lived on the streets, and he talks about this in his book, so I'm not revealing secrets. Um, <laughs> and he had a really rough childhood. He talks about it in the book, very candidly, okay? Um, and he pressed through um, with this very tough um, experience through, I think, into his 20s, if, if I remember correctly. And all the long, all the long, his, all all throughout his life during that time, he kept connecting to a little bit of witchcraft, a little bit of spirit. It kept kind of tugging at him, but he never embraced it totally. Then um, at some point he made, he hit, he hit a wall. Okay. And I'm not going to reveal the whole, his whole story, but he hit a wall and the goddess came to him and said, Hey, wake up, let's go. And he turned his life around. Okay. Mm. And he never thought he was going to be a, author he never this was nothing that came to his mind and then one day you know at a, a witch conference uh, mystic south which i help host um he um he came up to me he was there and he came up to me i got this idea <laughs> he, I, I distinctly remember him because because he was so enthusiastic you know and he i got this idea and so he so he tells me the i pitches it to me um i bring it to the llewellyn team we talk about it and his book's coming out in July. His writing was fantastic. He's not, he never took a writing class. He never, this was not something that he thought, uh, dreamed about since he was five. You know, he, this was not that, this was someone who had a really l difficult life. And his book is very much an introduction to this type of spirituality, but it's another take with a really good story. Um, hey, you know, he pitched it. It worked, and this is and this is exactly what we're talking about. Anybody can. You never know. You just never know. And you know that could be with publishing, that could be with art, that could be with a. You want to you know you want to be a accountant. And that's your dream. It could be with anything. <laughs> right. 
but that book is particularly interesting because of because it really embraces what we're talking about here and it it, it proves it i should say i'm excited so what did for we learn book? here today <laughs> is that you need a pen and paper because anyone can be a writer and if you want to be an author get you a really good book midwife <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. <laughs> there is a submissions email, so go to the Llewellyn web. Excuse me. Go to the Llewellyn website for submitting to Llewellyn, um, or wherever else you're you're pursuing. You know, go ahead and um, go ahead and and do that. But we do have a submissions. Llewellyn has a submissions, uh, not a website. I'm sorry, submissions email that they can send, and all the directions on how to do it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. If you are listening to this on Spotify or on YouTube, what I will do is I will pull up that web page for anybody who's an aspiring author um, or wants to look into it for the future so that it's there in the link. Um, and you can read all about how to submit, what they look for, and get the email if you want. Um, Go after your <laughs> dreams, people. Submit and run under a hide. -on. My thing is sitting on the floor in a closet. I don't know why. So sit in the closet, go under the table, whatever your thing is, go do it. Thank you so much for listening to the Grunge Magic podcast again and listening to our guest, Heather Green, Acquisitions from Llewellyn. Uh, and I just want to remind everybody listening, if you want to, we do have a Grunge Magic podcast behind the scenes Facebook group where we share extended versions of the podcast. We share bloopers sometimes if me, Carrie, Panda make, make some bloopers. Um, but you can hang out with us, you know, during the weekday, uh, weekends when we're not podcasting and we talk about witchcraft and occultism there. So thank you so much again for listening and we will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>